Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Pastor Art has started a, a series for our Wednesday night services, and that is called Jesus Is. So I'm just going to continue on in that series. Tonight's service is entitled Jesus Is Our Hope. So I want to go ahead and get started. The uh, def- de- dictionary says that hope is this. This is the definition of hope. Hope is a feeling. It's an expectation. It's a desire for a certain thing to happen. It's an expectation. It's a desire for a certain thing to happen. Uh, over my, uh, the times that I've ministered, I've shared different memories that I have with my parents, and they're all amazing memories. And I talked about how my mom one time uh, took me out of school and took me to the movies to go see Star Wars. And it was a great time. I got to ditch school for the day, and uh, we got to go watch Star Wars. There's another memory that I have at the movies. I have a lot of memories at the movies. I really like the movies. I like going to the movies. I have another memory about going to the movies. And this one, I was about 14 or 15 years old. I was in New York with my parents. Uh, they were there to be ministering. They were, I forgot who, what was going on, but I know that they were ministering, both of them at a church. And I remember we're at the, the night service, or it was like a midday service. I don't know what was going on. But it was a midday service, and I remember I was sitting there with my dad. And right before my dad got up to minister, he leaned over to me and said, hey. And I said, yeah? He's like, do you want to go see that new Alien movie coming out after service? And I was like, yeah, I want to go. And it was just so awesome. Then he got up and he went and ministered. And afterward, mom and, and Joel went back to the room and did their thing. And me and dad went to the movies. It was late at night. And I'm in New York. I've only been there maybe one at a time. And we went to the movies and we watched the new movie, Aliens, Resurrection, that came out. And prior to that, I had got a hold of a VHS of the first original three. Uh, I thought they were amazing. Uh, so it was so awesome that me and my dad just got to sneak away for a bit and go watch this movie. And I remember always thinking at those times, like, I want to be able to create these kinds of memories with my child. It's my hope. It's my desire. I have an expectation that when I have a child, when I have a son, I want to be able to create moments like this in his life that he can later on down the line think about those small times that happened but make a big impact in his life. And I got to do that. You know, uh, Marvel came out with the very first Iron Man. He was, it was uh, 2008. Taj was born in 2008. So as soon as I could, when he was old enough, we started watching all the Marvel movies. We went to every single one of them. Sometimes we would dress up. We would take his Hulk hands and the big rubber ones that you can put on. He had a, a little toy uh, hammer from Thor, the, the Molnir. So we had that. We would go. I wore a helmet one time. Taj dressed up as Iron Man. It was so awesome. We went. I'm all dressed up. And over the years, we've gone to every single one. Now, there's not one that he actually, there's one he hasn't seen. It's, uh, I, I didn't take him to see Deadpool because that's just a little too adult for him. So we didn't see that one. But we've seen every single Marvel movie that there is, and it's been amazing. I remember the last one that we went and saw, which was Endgames. I'm sure all of you saw it. It was amazing. There's this moment in, in the Endgames uh, movie where, where Molnir begins to fly through the screen. And it's right as Thanos is about to kill Thor, and it strikes uh, Thanos, and then it flies back, and Captain America catches Molnir, which is amazing. And the whole uh, auditorium just erupted. People went crazy. And I remember everybody looking, getting up and getting crazy, but I looked over and I watched Taj. And it was just his expression was more than anything I could have ever asked for. 
Why? Because we got to see every single Marvel movie leading up to this amazing moment that I can now create a memory with him. See, it was no longer just a hope. It was something that came to pass. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for the people that are on the other side of this screen that they're watching. I thank you that they're blessed, they're healthy, and they're whole. I declare that sickness and disease have no place in their lives, that you have removed sickness and disease far from their midst. I declare that as they are listening to my voice, that they're going to receive information and revelation on who you are in their lives. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. As a child, I used to... uh, Think of the Bible, and I would think of it just as a book about God's love. And it totally is, don't get me wrong, it's totally a book about God's love. But now that I'm older, I've realized that this book is, it's not such an easy read. (laughs) What do I mean by that? It's not such an easy read as it's a book that is a a tapestry of brutal murders, of of all sorts of sexual affairs that go on. There's there's lying in this book of people that are lying about certain certain things. There's extortion that goes on. There's heartbreak that goes on. There's story after story. And as you read, you realize that the human uh, people are are just, just riddled with sin and evil in their lives. And I'm sure that you can look around today Watch the news at any point in your life, and you can see that that same spirit is still attacking people today. That hatred, that, that lying, that, that manipulation, all of that is still going on today. That we are still in this position of, of just seeing sin and, and evil run rapid in the world. I want to start our reading off at the book of Romans with me. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. I want you to read this with me. We get to see, uh, we get some clarity on what is going on in the world today. We get some clarity on our relationship with God and how it was in this time. Uh, Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now this is interesting because it says all. You know how many all is? That's everybody. That's everybody on the earth today. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let's go a little bit further and get some more information because what does that mean? How are we all uh, full of sin? How do we all come short of the glory of God? Romans chapter 5, just one page over. Just flip it over. Or if you have your app or whatever you're on, just go to the next chapter. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says this. Therefore, just as though one man's sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to every man because all sin. So what is this? This one man that he's talking about is Adam because of his transgressions that happened in the garden, because of his his lack of standing up for what God had told him to do. Sin entered the world. See, uh, the the Adam and Eve story, I believe that Eve gets a, a bad rap about the whole thing. Uh, People always blame Eve for it when it really wasn't totally her fault, all of it. You see, the command to not eat the fruit came to Adam. Eve wasn't even there at the time. It was Adam's job to instruct and to help his wife and to inform her with revelation about what was going on within the garden. It was God's instruction to Adam to multiply and to subdue the garden. What does subdue mean? To to take it under control. That means everything that was going on in that garden was under Adam's control. Meaning whatever was going on, whoever was in the garden, were supposed to be under his control. So he allowed something into his garden that wasn't supposed to be there. 
and Eve got tempted, she brought it over to, I believe that if she would have brought it over to Adam, and Adam would say, wait a minute, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. God spoke to me about us not taking part of this tree, that it would have squashed everything, and this life would have been a lot different. But because Adam, he, he, he gave into temptation, and men have been given into temptation since that whole time. Temptation seeped into his heart. And thus, sin entered into our hearts and to everybody's heart because of that one man's sin. That one man's sin entered into our lives. So all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's now this, this separation from God because of that sin. The Apostle Paul brings more light to what is really going on here. In Ephesians chapter 2, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. We're jumping around a little bit. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 says this. That at that time you were without Christ, being alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, a stranger from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. There's this, because of what Adam did, this, he created this chasm between us and God. This, this almost like a, a Grand Canyon type, just hole, this, this separation between God and man. There was nothing that we could do to reach God and God couldn't come to our side because he's too holy and, and it just doesn't, it doesn't mix together. So there was this separation and, and, and there's nothing we could do to reach over to him and he wanted to reach us, but because of the sin in our life, he couldn't do it. And, and yes, this, this Bible is a tapestry of brutal things, but what God also did is he weaved in the promise and the appearance of a Savior. Throughout this whole book, if you were to take it apart and read it, really study, you'd be able to see glimpses of a Savior, a promise of a Messiah coming. It's beautiful. But it takes you getting into scripture to identify it and to receive it as your own. I, I tell people all the time, don't ever take what I say just because I say it. Don't ever take what any pastor says, any minister says, just because they said it. You go home, search the scriptures for yourself. You learn about what is going on because that's when real confidence comes. When I understand, hey, you know what? It's not just because pastor said it. It's not because this minister said it. I find sure and I can stand on it, not because they said it, but because I found it and I believe it and it's true. See, there was this, this separation that happened in our lives and because of what Adam did in the garden. It's not necessarily our fault, but we're part of it. It says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. See, but Jesus sent, I mean, but God sent Jesus and, and Jesus is our hope. See, we find hope in him. See, people are searching for a hope in all the wrong places today. They're trying to look, find it in a job. They're trying to find it in relationships that, that just aren't right. They're trying to find it in substance abuse or, or, or uh, material things. They're trying to find hope, trying to find something to fill a void that can't be filled by, by natural things. There's a spiritual hole in our hearts. That's only that, The only thing that can fill that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus comes on the scene. 
and he begins to fulfill every messianic prophecy. Now, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to read just two of them. They're not going to be up on the screen, so you can uh, write these down and go find them on your own afterwards. It says, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will find hope. It says the Gentiles will find hope. Why? Because a Savior is coming. Have you ever felt hopeless at any time in your life? Have you felt hopeless today when, when you're, you're struggling maybe for work? You're, you're seeing all the different things going on around us, the, the riots, the, the people being killed, the, the, the people losing jobs, the sickness that is going on, where people are losing hope. You can see it in their eyes. You can see it in their attitudes, the, the way that they hold themselves. They're not happy. They're not confident about who they are. They're full of despair and hopelessness. As a church, we need to be a place for hope. See, sometimes we, uh, somehow we got it wrong. We, we felt that that church was supposed to be a place for, for the perfect ones. See, church is a hospital for the broken. People are supposed to come in and find refuge and strength. But people are hopeless, and they need to find hope in Jesus Christ. They won't find it in anything else. Isaiah 42, 4 says this. It's not on the screen. It says, he will not falter nor be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his teachings, the islands will put their hope. In his teachings, not in, in the government, not in a stimulus check that you're hoping is going to come, not in a job, not in a person or, or a relationship, but in his word, in his spoken word, and what God has spoken to the earth. That's where we're going to find our hope. It's not going to be in anything else but in him. My hope is in him, not in substance, not in a person, not in a job, definitely not in the government. My hope will be put in him. Knowing Jesus Christ is our hope as Christians. When we speak of hope, we're not speaking of something that, that we hope will come to pass. No, no, no. Our hope is clear and it's precise. See, we understand that our resurrection, our redemption, our, our forgiveness of sins all hinge on the finished work of Jesus Christ. See, our, our hope was finished when Jesus was on the cross and he said the three most powerful words in scripture. In my estimation, you can, you can uh, uh, send me a DM if you want. I don't care. To me, these three words were the most powerful thing outside of the Genesis words, which is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let there be light. I believe that was one of the, the most powerful things. Let there be light created everything. Everything. But Jesus, right here in the book of John, says, it is finished. And I believe when he said that, those words just vibrated through the universe, uh, uh, seeping into the depths of the earth and just changing history forever. Those three words set something in motion that would change us forever. Our lives are completely changed because Jesus said it is finished. What is finished? Sin's grasp on us. Death's hold on us. I don't have to be uh, riddled with sin. I don't have to be uh, dragged down by depression or, or, or oppression because it is finished. He said it is finished and it is finished. That's my hope. That's my assurance. 
and his finished work. Not because I, I'm perfect or because I can get it done on my own or because I've got it all together. No, I'm far from it, but I know a God in my life, a Savior. I don't have a religion. I have a relationship. And this relationship has proven time and time again that I can hope in someone. I can hope in something. I can hope in Jesus Christ because he's never let me down. This world is looking for hope. And as Christians, we need to let people know that there is a hope. And it's not in what you think you're searching for, what you think you need, but it's in a person. That person is Jesus. Our hope is in the person of Jesus. Can we reread some scriptures now? We started uh, with Romans chapter 3. I want us to reread this this verse. Romans chapter 3. Verse 20, Romans chapter 3, verse 20, and it says this. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse 22. But the kingdom... But the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here it is. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption we have in Jesus Christ. Who God set forth to be a propitiation for, by his blood, you know what perpetuation means? It means to gain favor or to regain favor. I now, re, I have regained favor with God, not because I deserve it, not because I did anything right, but because Jesus is right, because Jesus is perfect. Because of what Jesus did, I now have favor with God. Continuing. Through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, before, because in his forbearance, God had passed over sins that were previously committed. That were previously committed. To demonstrate at the present time, his righteousness, not my righteousness. His righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier. The one, this is what justifier means. It's the one who redeems, resolves from guilt or punishment, the justifier, the one, the justifier for whom, the one who has faith in Jesus, the just, he's the just and the justifier to the one who has faith in Jesus. See, see, yes, we've all sinned, but because we've all sinned, we can all be righteous. Meaning there's no, there's no value system to sin. Like this sin is greater than this sin. Well, I just tell a little lies and, and this person has done all these things. So look at them. God's saying no. Sin is sin no matter what it is. No matter what you try to call it, no matter how you try to label it, sin is sin. And God is saying because you are full of sin, all of you, because you're all full of sin, you can all be justified. You can all be free. You can all be forgiven. You can all receive Jesus Christ, and that hope that we have in him. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 now. Ephesians chapter 2. Let me get there too. Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 
Verse 12 says this. And we'll read to uh, verse 13. That at the time you were without Christ, being alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, a stranger from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now, I love when it says, but now. Because there's, there's so many times in life when we're just like, oh, everything's going wrong. How is it going to work out? I don't get it. It's not going to work. I, I might as well give up. But God steps in. There's always that but God moment when God steps in and just wrecks everything for an amazingly better situation. When we allow God to step in, it's almost like when, when David stepped out on the field to, to, to face Goliath. And all the Philistines, and, and, and Goliath comes up and he says, you sent me a child? I, I'm a man of war? And, 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 and David says, you come to me with a javelin and a spear, but I come to you with the name of a God, the God of Israel. He said, but God, I come to you with God. This is a God stepping into our lives, a, a life full of fear, a life full of, of troubles and heartbreaks, but God stepped into flesh, stepped into humanity, and gave his life willingly on a cross for us so that I can have hope in a hopeless time, so that I can have hope and assurance in a time where all things are just looking a mess. I can have a hope in Jesus. He says this, so good. But now, Jesus, in Jesus Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. But now, those who were far off, who were separated by a chasm of sin and death that we could not cross, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, I can now draw near to my God, my Savior. Why? Because I'm perfect? No, because of Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross for me and for you. Because we had a but now moment, I can now come to God. No matter where I'm at in life, no matter what I've done, no matter the mistakes that I've made, I can come to God boldly and ask for forgiveness and ask for, for, for help in a time of need. And I can draw hope in a hopeless time. Why? Because I'm perfect? No, but because he is perfect. Paul describes Jesus so beautifully in 1 Timothy. Turn with me to 1 Timothy. We're going to close this down. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. I love Paul's description here. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. That's it right there. You see, this, this world is, is in chaos. And, and I say the, the world, not the earth, because the earth is perfect in, in how God made it. But the world system, when I say the world, I'm talking about the system in which we're living in. That's, the system is broken. It, it, you can see brokenness throughout all of it. But God is perfect. In this world, we have people who are clamoring, trying to feel an emptiness on their, in their heart. And they're trying to do it through, through objects, through uh, possessions, through people, through careers, through relationships, and they're finding nothing but addiction and depression and brokenness and all of this. See, they need to understand that, that Jesus is our hope. And our hope is in Him. 
and our hope is alive. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.